Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. So we're going to be talking about, I've been telling everybody we're getting into the fruit of the Spirit. Well, we're, going to, we're definitely going to get into the fruit of the Spirit today. But before we can get into the fruit of the Spirit, we're going to talk about the soil and we're going to talk about the process of growing things, which is faith. I'm going to show you that according to the Word of God. So we're going to, we're going to dig into Matthew 13 is where we're going to start today. The parable of the farmer scattering seed. So right, we're going to start right from verse number one. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him and he got into a boat and then he sat there and taught the people as they stood on the shore. That's what we should be doing today. We should have have went down to the lake. We could have got a boat. I could have just chilled in the boat. And we could have had Bible study on the water. That would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. I'd have been like, hey, Jesus did it. I'm trying to be like him. (laughs) He told them many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And he scattered them across the field. So from this parable, a farmer goes out to plant some seeds. The farmer is God. The seed is God's word that he's planting. Jesus is going to explain all this. So I know I'm giving you guys the punchline before we've even heard the joke. But I want us to dissect this as we go through. Jesus also talks about the soil being your heart. So he's going to break it down and kind of explain it. But as we're going into this, I want us to kind of keep the right mindset of what he's talking about here. He scattered them across the field and some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell in shallow soil with with underlining rocks and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon withered under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell along thorny, fell among the thorns, and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as it has been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
So God's telling any time we're in the word, especially with Jesus, and he says, listen up, or anybody with ears to hear, or if you have understanding, understand. Anytime he says these statements like that, it's basically like Jesus being like, come on, guys, don't miss this point. Don't miss this point. He brings up the fact that they will produce harvests. He talks about the size of their harvest. He talks about your heart. So he's telling us that in, he's not, he's not telling us about something that we don't have to do. If he was talking about things that he's going to do, he doesn't try to get our attention. But when he's talking to us about something that we can grow from or we can experience uh, uh, the fruit of, then he's going to say, hey, wait a minute, pay attention, guys, because this isn't just something I'm going to take care of for you. This is something you have to take care of. In the Bible, when, when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, the one thing that God told Adam was that he was going to have to toil and make his living from the ground. He told him, you're going to have to work the soil now because of what you did. Before Adam was kicked out of the garden, they didn't have to work the soil. There was water that sprang up. Everything grew. You could just walk by, pluck fruit, no problem. But after the fall, it's our job. It's man's job to cultivate the soil. We now, it's no longer just living in luxury while God takes care of everything because of what we did. So because of what mankind did, now mankind has to work towards something. Now, of course, we don't work towards salvation. Jesus took care of that. Jesus takes care of our eternity. But we're still alive here on earth. So he does require a partnership with us, and we have to take care of the earth We've got to take care of the ground. We've got to cultivate the soil. So his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teachings, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And that is why we use these parables. Now, this is how the word of God works. You've got to dig if you want stuff. I'm teaching about the fruit of the spirit. If someone were to walk into this Bible study, I really didn't want to get anything out of it. They'd be like, why is this idiot talking about seeds and and, and all this when we're supposed to be learning about the fruit of the Spirit? But when you understand that with the Word of God, He expects you to take some steps forward while He's walking towards you. It was the same thing with Jesus. Jesus handed him gold. They had, to, they had to look into it. They had to figure it out. They had to chisel off the rough edges. They had to see what he was really talking about. And the people who weren't going to pay attention, the people who didn't really care, they weren't even going to get the message that he was giving them. And that's how, it, that's how the Holy Spirit operates still today. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This prophecy fulfills This fulfills what the prophecy of Isaiah says. When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see. 
and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them that's powerful the person who heals the eyes the ears is the person that they're refusing to see and hear and understand but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear and they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer and the planting of seeds. So now Jesus is going to break it all down. And again, we're, we're going towards the fruit of the spirit. We're getting ready to get into the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is something that is that is planted in our life by the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we produce. You don't, you're not supposed to produce love in your life. You're not supposed to produce joy in your life. The Holy Ghost is what produces it. But it's a partnership. So the Holy Ghost can be throwing these seeds out all day long. But if they're not going to go into the soil of our heart, then they're not, then they're not going to do any good. So even though the Holy Spirit is producing these seeds in our life, we have to make sure that we're dealing with the curse from Adam and that we're cultivating our soil. So that way, as the Holy Spirit's planting these seeds, it's not falling on the, on the wayside. It's actually going into fertile soil and it's growing and it's producing 30, 60, and 100 times in our life. It's going to produce more love. It's going to produce more joy. It's going to produce more long suffering. It's going to produce more self control. All of these things are so important in our walk and in our Christian life. Like we, we can't show people God without being loving. We can't survive the attacks of the devil without joy in our hearts. We, 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 can't, we can't wait on the blessing of the Lord without long suffering. Like these are all things that God knows we need. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to sow these seeds into our life. He's like, I, I'm not creating a church full of haters <laughs> and people who've been baptized in pickle juice. Like we need people who are happy and, and, and go forth in the kingdom with light and with healing. And it all comes from the spirit. So let's get our soil right. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. So here's our, here's our first type of hearts that we can have in our life. We can have the kind of heart that's like a footpath. And when the Holy Spirit's throwing these seeds down, it's bouncing off and we're not understanding what it's actually trying to produce in our life. We're not understanding what God's trying to place in our life. The word of God, it doesn't matter what the word of God is. He's talking about sowing the word of God in the kingdom. So whatever this word of God is, if, it, if it's the Holy Spirit showing us love, showing us uh, long suffering, compassion, all of these things, our heart is still what's gonna produce what grows out of that. So if my heart, is not understanding. So here's one of the types of soil that God talks about, an ununderstanding heart. When, when, when I'm going through things, I'm not, I'm not learning lessons from them. I'm not growing from the word of God. I'm not, I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not standing on my promises. I'm not looking into what's being sown in my life. 
me and Trav had a whole week of, of, of self of self-reflection where we had to sit back and we had to look and examine our lives and, and it was God calling us we heard the word of God the pastor and talked to us he told us the word of God we could have been ununderstanding and just let that bounce off our heart and move forward that wasn't what God calls us to do it took me and him breaking down the soil you know what hold on a second there's seed there's seed being thrown out right now let me get my heart in order let me understand what the word is saying to me I'm gonna study into it I'm gonna look into it God's talking to me about grace I'm gonna I'm gonna look up everything I can find on grace I'm gonna read about this I'm gonna open up the soil it's hard work it's not easy to till a field like you've got to get the rocks out of there you've got you hit roots that you didn't even know were there you you might run over a water main <laughs> there's things that happen when you're when you're working in the soil it's not easy labor it's it's easy to be an ununderstanding heart that's very easy it's easy to just sit at home watch maury instead of coming here and listening to a bible study it takes work to get up and force yourself to come here and put it and put in the time and energy to understand what the holy ghost is telling you in your life and that's our job it's our job to cultivate that soil god's gonna god's gonna send his word out his word will never return void but it's up to us to cultivate it and be ready so one of those is making sure that we have an understanding heart Then the evil one comes by and snatches the seed away that was planted in their heart. So if we don't have an understanding heart, the devil will come and take away the seeds that the Holy Ghost is trying to sow in our life. Man, this is so deep, guys. Because as I'm, as I'm saying all this, like the, the Holy Ghost is showing me all the different seeds that it plants. It doesn't just plant faith. But if you don't understand faith and you don't cultivate your heart to be open to faith, it doesn't matter if he's sowing seeds of faith. The devil's just going to come by and take it away. It doesn't joy. If you don't understand that God's got you, that he's, that he's going to save you, you're going to heaven, he's on your side. If you don't understand that, yes, if you don't understand that, the devil will come by and steal your joy. The seeds are going to be there. The Holy Ghost is going to put it there, but it's going to hit the path. It's not going to sink down in understanding where you're going to accept it and let it be a part of you. Let it put roots into you so that way it can grow up. You know, we're going to just let it bounce off of us because we didn't take time to understand why things are, why things are happening. What are the promises of God's word? What does he tell me he's going to do? Does it tell me he's going to make me suffer a little bit? So, no. It says all good things come from God who has no, no chance of changing. No shadow of turning is what the scripture says. But that means he, he doesn't even have a chance to change his ways. If something bad happens in your life, guess what? Guess who it's not? It's not God. We can, we can go right out on the edge and say that. If I walk out of my house today and I got a busted window in my car, I'm not going to think, you know what? I bet you Chris did that. <laughs> I, I'm, that's not going to be my first thought. I, like my first thought is now, who do I know? Who's my enemy? Who's my enemy? Because I know who's good. I know who my friends are, and it's the same thing with God. I know who God is. 
Why is there bad? Because there's a devil. He is real. He does exist. He does have reign on this earth. There are some people that, that have been given to him. And unless he makes a choice, they make a choice to become God's people, he does reign. So, yeah, that's important. We've got... Yeah, we have to make that. Yeah, he's talking right out of Corinthians. That's right out of Paul's letter. Like that is that is what happens on earth. So it's our job to make sure we're keeping our soil right. We're in the will of God. We're walking in the spirit. We're keeping a heart of repentance. We're, we're living a life of baptism. We're moving in the spirit. That's why it's important to keep these things going in our lives. Okay, so let's move on to the next point. The seed on the rocky soil. So here's the second type of heart that we can have. We can have a rocky heart, a stony heart. This represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. So this is someone with a stony heart. I wouldn't think someone with a stony heart would actually have joy. But the Bible says they will. They'll have, they'll have joy. They'll have joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as any problem or, in, or they are persecuted for believing God's word. That's a stony heart. A stony heart isn't somebody who doesn't listen at all. That's like we we've been we think stony hearts like somebody who literally stand don't even get close don't come close to me but that's not what the Bible says a stony heart and someone who's open oh yeah hey what does God say oh that's awesome I'm into it and then they walk away and they forget about everything and they don't stick with it they don't stick with their Bible yes yeah or as soon as the devil comes around they forget and they, and they go oh that was God. Again, they, they turn around. They, they're not keeping their mindset. They're not staying in understanding. They're not working the soil of their heart. We've got to open our hearts up. Like, right. It's not a good earthly soil. And that, that takes us cultivating that and continuing to work at that in our life. Because the seeds, again, are getting planted. They're not not getting planted. That's like saying God's not doing his work. He's a good farmer. He's doing his work. So if it's not that the Holy Spirit isn't giving you joy. It's not that the Holy Ghost isn't giving you love in your life. Again, that's, that's making an accusation against God. That's not true. God is faithful and just. The Bible says even when we're not faithful, he's still faithful. So he's always scattering the seed. It's not that he's ever going to stop. Oh, you know what? Brandon, you've got enough joy. I'm done with that. <laughs> no, he can't, he, you can have as much as you want. It's, this is all about how much you're going to work this out in your own life too. Because the seed's there. But we've got to make sure we're watering the... We're, I don't even grow plants. Like, I've given up. Like, candy, candy will, will tell you how bad it truly is. I will go out and try to be nice and pick the weeds out of the garden. I'll, I'll pick everything but the weeds. And I'm like, she's like, what are you doing, Dan? I'm like, I don't, 
I don't play in stuff. I work with metal. I, I, don't gotta, I don't have to try and keep it alive. I was nervous to have kids. I'm like, I don't know. Like, thank Jesus he's on my side. <laughs> but it's but that's part of it. Like, I'm bad about that. She's good at it. She can grow plants. She's she's good at that. She's we're, you know we're gonna we're gonna check the water. We're gonna make sure this doesn't get dry. We're gonna make sure it gets sunlight. Right, am I am I wrong? <laughs> I've, I'm. <laughs> well, we're we're good at working other people's hearts, right? We're good at working the soil. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so let's continue with the next seed. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. That's a, that's a big one. Because we, we, we again, it's sowing. We're getting, we're getting love. We're getting joy. We're getting peace. Anybody who's filled with the Holy Ghost who's like, oh, I'm just down and out. God's not helping me. Well, yes, he is. You're, you're blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, but that's what you're doing when you're saying the Holy Ghost isn't doing the things that we know the Holy Ghost is doing. The Holy Ghost is sowing love in your life. It is sowing joy in your life. But there are a couple of things that can stop that from happening. You not understanding the word of God is creating a stone heart. You having a rocky heart where you're, you're not letting roots grow down into your life is going to prevent you from growing. Growing those roots is important. And again, so what's a stony heart? It's someone that moves quick. Oh, that's great. Love God. That's awesome. What's next? That's a stony heart. It takes us cultivating the ground and letting roots grow down into us. Sometimes that's hard work. Like that, again, this is not this is not an easy process. This is this is something we work at, something we 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 go along, we try to we try to produce in our lives. And it comes from us cultivating the soil, making sure there's no rocks in our garden. Get the get the hard parts of our heart out. Our heart's the soil. So we're getting the hard parts of our heart out of the garden. I should be soft, I should be tender, I should be loving. These are things, these are characteristics of my field, of my soil. If I'm finding little hard rocks in my soil, that's going to prevent things. That's going to prevent me from letting roots grow down into me. But if we, if we get those little hard spots out of, our, out of our hearts, then we can provide a soil that can grow them roots down into it. Because faith doesn't come quickly. We're about to get into that. This is all coming out of Matthew 13, which I thought was pretty amazing because I was like, all right, I want to look up some scriptures on, on growing and faith. So I looked up, I, well, the Holy Ghost told me to look up the parable on the seed. And then I went there and then I was like, you know what? There's a couple other scriptures that have to do with growing and faith. And I look and I'm like, that's all in Matthew 13. So I'm like, we're just going to read all of Matthew 13 today because this is like the farmer's paradise right here. But let's, let's look at one more. So the, the last one we were just talking about was the thorns growing up around us. Now, if you've ever seen thorn bushes grow or things like that, if you've ever seen thorn bushes and 
vines and things like that, they grow quick. They're not something that just sprouts up. All, they're not something that takes a long time to develop. There's something that takes over you in a heartbeat if you're not paying attention. We've got some vines that grow across our back thing. And if we don't, if we're not on top of it, we will be overran very quickly. Like I've got to go out there. Yes, I've got to go out there and keep chopping them down. I've got to get them out of the way. So it's not a coincidence that God uses this reference to reference that. God uses thorns to represent those who are crowded by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. That's what springs up quickly in our life. Guess what? Stones in your garden, finding a hard spot in your heart, that, doesn't, that shouldn't happen too often. That's something that you should find. It takes time to discover. It's not, you don't just find it quickly. You've got to dig around in the dirt and, oh, I, oh, wait, oh, here's that rock. There's that hard part in my heart. I'm going to get rid of that. But it takes some searching and some developing. These don't take searching and developing. These are on the top. They're thorns. They grow where you can see them. You can clearly see it. It's, and it's something you have to address often. You don't have to get the rocks out of your garden all the time. Gardeners will do that once a year. They'll go out and pull all the rocks out, and then they're good. They'll plow it. It's like, it's like watching TV all day. You do that, you're going to be Yeah. It's almost like when you're sitting there watching the news, you're literally letting the thorns grow up. <laughs> They're growing right around you. That's literally what we're doing. But in our lives, we're called to cut that down, to get that out of our garden. So when we start worrying about life, we realize, wait a minute, that's a thorn that's going to take the word of God out of my garden. So I've got to take that thorn out. I'm not allowed to worry about the cares of this life. I'm not allowed to. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I have faith. I can't let that stuff happen. That doesn't mean I don't plan for the future. That doesn't mean, you know, we don't, we don't dream big and set goals. We don't worry about it. Yes, there's the difference. Yeah. Right. God's got a different idea, a different plan. It's okay. What next? That's the best thing to do. When you get a no, say, okay, Lord, just wait patiently. What's next? That's right. That's right. That's what we got to do in life. <laughs> or, or the lures of, of wealth. That, that walks hand in hand as well. Like you've got both. We should understand that our wealth comes from God. We should understand that we are a rich and blessed people. My God has a house on a thousand hills. He's got cattle all over the earth. I'm never going to go hungry. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to cut corners to try and get it some more money. I don't have to do that. God's got me. God's got me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to bless me to where I don't have to scam people. I don't have to take, if the guy in front of me drops $20 on the ground, I, I'm not trying to hurry up and distract him so I can get that $20. No, go ahead. But uh, also, in my experience, sometimes God will keep you in a spot where you're not moving much, but you're not moving much. 
Ah. The parable, the parable of the foot. Yeah, and how important your household is. Yeah. Yeah. And here, and, and, he, and the word was there. The word was there, but it was hitting the foot, it was hitting the footpath because he wasn't, it, it wasn't getting the understanding, wasn't letting that seed seek down into our lives. Right. Right. That's the only three. That's the three types of the heart that is that are talked about in the Bible. One of them is the footpath where the seed's not able to plant itself and grow. The ne- the second one is the thorns. And then we also have the rocky soil. So we're going to talk now about the seed that fell on the good soil. So there's three types of things that we've got to watch out for our hearts. We've got to watch out for, for the footpath. We can't become something that doesn't accept seeds. We can't have hard spots in our, in our soil. And we can't have the worries of this life choking it out. We have to be like this good soil that represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. So we have an opportunity to produce more than what the Holy Spirit's producing in our life as long as we keep our soil in check, as long as we're running samples on our soil and making sure we have the right type of soil. We've got to be understanding. We can't get caught up in the worries of the world. We can't let the things distract us because there is a devil and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes that we have life and life more abundant. God calls us to grow fruit. He calls us to prosper. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to feed the hungry. I can't feed the hungry if I'm one of them. So he wants us to have more than enough to where it's overflowing in other people's lives. And that's going to happen through us cultivating our soil. That's the one thing we have to work on is our hearts, our hearts, how we're going to accept things, how we're going to deal with things, how we're going to make sure we're being what God wants us to be. So. Another illustration I want to look at real quick. We're going to skip down to verse 31. We're going to skip the parable of the wheat and the weeds because this is really about the kingdom and God planning and God's going to take the good people and he lets the good and the bad grow up together until the final day. This is a representation of the rapture and that. But for today, we're going to, we're going to go right to verse 31. Here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and it grows into a tree and birds come and make their nest in its branches. 
So that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is that we take the little seeds that we're given and we grow them into a giant tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, 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 that seed that God uses, he also uses that same reference when he talks about if we had the faith of a mustard seed. Now, if we, if we look at that, when he talks about the faith of the mustard seed, that's in Matthew 17. So we've already gone through Matthew 13 by the time we get to that point. So Christ has already explained to them using a mustard seed. He says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, guys. It's really tiny and small, but when it's planted in the right, the right soil, it grows into this huge tree that the birds can come and sit in. Other things can be blessed by what you've grown. Then three chapters later, they're sitting there with a demon-possessed boy and they can't get the spirit out. And they're like, God, what are we going to do? How are we going to get this out? And he tells them, hey, you remember that story that I told you about the mustard seed? If you had faith like that, you could say to a mountain, be cast into the sea and the mountain would move into the sea. Now, if you only hear that one story about, yo, if you had faith like a mustard seed, I've heard that quoted to me several times when I was a kid and I was like, that does not make any sense. What are they talking about? I'm like, I've got faith of a mustard seed. Right? That's tiny, I ain't even worried about it. Because they didn't go through Matthew 13 before they told me Matthew 17. I needed to understand Matthew 13 so I can understand Matthew 17. When Christ said, when you have a faith of a mustard seed, he was like, you remember the story I just told you two days ago? If you got faith like that, you could cast mountains into the ocean. It's not an easy little trick. It's not, that does, that's not God saying you don't need a lot of faith. He was saying, you need a process of faith in your life. You need to cultivate your soil. You need to keep your heart clean. You need to let that seed that I've given you go down inside of you, grow roots and grow a big, strong tree. And once you've got to that point, you can tell a mountain to get cast into the sea and it will listen because you've cultivated your ground and you've grown this tree of faith. Yeah. Well, how do we know when a tree is full grown? It'll grow until it dies. And that's the same process we're going to create in our lives. You're never going to reach a point where you're satisfied. But you should always be growing because when you stop growing, you're dead. When you stop growing, your fruit starts falling off your tree and you're dying. God wants us to grow. Yeah, that's why. Yes, that's why we can't walk in condemnation because we're never going to stop growing. So if I get upset every time God shows me something I need to grow in, I'm going to be living a miserable life because I'm constantly growing. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be on Jesus's level until he recreates my entire body. 
until he rips my soul out of this corrupt flesh, creates me a new body, and puts the soul in that one. And it better have better tattoos. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like I look back now and I feel like I tattooed every like thing that I want destroyed on earth on my body. <laughs> I was like, it's all not good stuff. <laughs> Right. Right. And you know what? And again, he that's not, this is one, I, Thomas, my cousin just told me the same story. Had a little lady walking in his work and basically give him a car. He was like, I didn't even need it, but it's good. It'll save me on gas. But that, that now, oh man, that is a mustard seed faith. That's what that is. That wasn't, that was a miraculous thing. That was a mountain going towards the lake. Yeah, but it but it didn't it didn't it didn't come by just making a statement. It came from a process of you guys growing a tree of faith. That's what the whole thing is about. Now, in the process of growing, we we've got we've got to take care of the soil. We're the earth. We have got to maintain the ground. God plants the seed. God is our sunlight. He's going to take care of that. God is the water. What is the water of a plant? What does the Bible refer to as the water? What is it, Brandon? The water is the word, right? Yeah, through the whole Bible, the water is the word of God. So guess what? If I want my plants to grow, I've got to dump some water on that plant. Yeah, we've got to dump water on our plants. We got to get the light. We've got to be in God's presence. I can't hide in the shadows and think my fruit's going to grow. My fruit doesn't grow in the dark. It grows in the light. We need to give it light. We need to give it water. And then we cultivate the earth. We give it light and we give it water. And it grows up to be this great tree. And once we have this giant tree, the things in our life that come into us, we don't have to put up with because I've got this tree of faith here I've been growing for years. So guess what, mountain? You can go into the ocean. I don't have time for this. And that's where our process of having faith becomes great. It's not small, it's not tiny, it's not blown over by the wayside. We're gonna keep our soil strong. We're gonna make sure we're understanding. We're not getting caught up in the words of this life. We're not trying to get rich quick, quick, quick. Ah, man, I choked on that one. 
God didn't want me to say that. <laughs> I almost quacked like a duck. I'm glad that's on the recording. Everybody enjoy that laugh. <laughs> Right. That's what money can do. So when you know, I used to tell people at work all the time they they always want more money, they want to get rich. I'm like, have you ever thought that maybe God's protecting you from that? I'm like, yeah, I believe it's up to me. I've asked for money many times, but then you realize that everything's just fine. You know what I mean? And then like you get this money and then you stop looking at that. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's 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 actually human nature. I mean, if if your if your nature wasn't. If you were. If you were if if your body wasn't prone to be that way, you wouldn't have to work at it. But the fact that your body is prone to worry, to take care, to make sure, that's why God tells us, this is something I want you guys to work on. I don't want you guys to worry about going and getting seeds. I don't want you guys to worry about where you're going to get your seeds from. That's the hardest part. Like, I'm going to supply all the seed. All you got to do is work on your soil. Work on your soil. Don't get caught up in things that we shouldn't be caught up in. Worry about what we should be worrying about. So, let's go to Ephesians 5. I'm going to start off in verse 14 of Galatians. Did I say Ephesians? Galatians. Galatians 5. That's where the fruit of the Spirit is. We're going to start in verse 14, though. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. So we get caught up worrying about all this stuff in our life. We get caught up worrying about, am I doing the right thing for God? Am I doing, guess what? Here we go. God says it all. It's summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always being, if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. We should not be walking around destroying other people's gardens. We should be helping other people with their gardens. We should be spreading the word on other people's gardens. We should be learning from other people's gardens. Hey, how'd you grow those tomatoes so big and red? Can you give me some pointers? You walk around and look at some people's gardens. You can see their trees. You can see their fruit. You can see people who are loving. Talk to them. Find out why are you a loving person? How did you cultivate your soil? What did you put into your life that I can put into mine that can help me? They'll, they'll tell you. Farmers love giving tips. They got no problem telling you, hey, guess what? I, I had a little bit of manure in my soil, and it actually made everything come out better. And we're like, oh, okay. There's things that we can learn and grow from as long as we're willing to talk to people and experience their gardens. Right. God is love and we want to be like God. So we've got to practice loving in our life. 
So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. He didn't say, stop doing your sinful nature stuff and then you'll be led by the Spirit. It's the opposite. He said, worry about being led by the Spirit. Worry about cultivating your soil. Worry about letting these seeds go deep into you. Worry about getting the good good. God will take care of the bad. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Our bodies want to do evil, guys. It's not, it, it's not your soul wanting to go to hell when you want to do something wrong. It's your flesh wanting to be flesh. And it takes us fighting that flesh to continue to get it to the place where we want it to be. That doesn't mean... You know, you know, you know what? If, if we really wanted to deny all, if we really didn't want to sin anymore, wouldn't we all just commit suicide? If God's purpose was for you to stop sinning right now, he'd kill you. Right? He's the God who gives life and death. So if he really didn't want you to sin anymore from this day going forward, he would take you out. Because he knows your flesh is prone to do evil. So he knows as long as you're in that flesh, you're sinning. So if God leaves you in that flesh, then apparently he can handle you sinning. There's a fine line to walk through. There is a fine line to walk. It's our job to cultivate the soil. But it's not our job. It's not our job to stop our flesh from wanting our flesh is going to do evil. It's our job. Now, again, Travis said it right. There's a fine line there. Because you know where the fine line is? The fine line is not caring and allowing yourself to sin and then living in that sin and being a part of that sin. What? That's fine, but this is my Bible study, so I'm going to keep going. Hold on. No, because I'm getting to a point, and you're going to see it when I get there. And, and I'm not going to let condemnation. Condemnation is you stop sinning. That's not what God calls us to do. I'm, now we're going to get there because it's, it's telling us here how we're going to grow this, how we're going to cultivate this. We have to work on the process of getting us to be like Christ. That is not just dying. Like we're not able to just die and never sin again. What my job is, is to work on my heart so that the flesh starts dying. You understand guys? You get that? Because I, again, I, and I'm not fighting with Trav. Don't get me wrong. We got the same heart and we're in this, we're brothers in this. I, I, I just want us to understand this concept. I'm, we're not, we're never, I'm not a one saved, always saved. I know I make it sound easy and guess what? It is easy because God said his burden's easy. So I didn't make it that way, he did. He wants us to focus on the right things. If you're focused on getting sin out of your life, you're opening an opportunity for the devil to bring condemnation into your life. If you're focused on walking by the Spirit and loving everyone around you, God can take care of the sin. You are not going to please God and please the world at the same time. 
The Bible says you can't. It says you can't serve two masters. What does that mean? If he says you can't serve two masters, he wasn't saying, oh, well, if, if, you, if you even dabble in sin a little bit, then you're no longer mine. That wasn't what he was saying. He was saying it's where you're pointing your heart that determines it. If I'm serving God and I'm living for God, I'm not living in sin. Now, my body might sin, and our body, I don't even say might, your body is going to sin. Because that's what the Bible tells you here. It's our job to realize that sin, pray to God, cultivate our heart, and let the healing process come. Okay? So, I didn't confuse you guys, right? <laughs> okay, good. Good. Because I, because he, no, 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 you're not, don't be sorry, because you're here for that. You're, you're testing my water. And I want to make sure, because if you get confused, they're going to get confused. So I don't want anybody getting confused, believe me. I want to, we'll get to the point. It is the word of God. We don't have to be fearful. We don't walk in the spirit of fear. God gives us the spirit of power. He gives us understanding. He gives us wisdom. If it's coming from the Holy Ghost, it's not, it's not going to not make sense. It's going to make perfect sense. Sometimes we may have to t- think a minute. We may have to, we, we're not going to let it bounce off our heart. We're going to open our heart up. We're going to let it, we're going to allow understanding to get it to sink down inside of us. But it needs to sink inside of us because Again, it says right here, I didn't just make this up. I read it from the word of God. Your sinful nature wants to do evil. And it's not going to stop wanting to do evil until you die. So here's another thing too, Trav, because here's something too. We will sometimes, we get our body under control. Oh my God, hear this guys. Because I really feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. We get our body under control. Man, this is good. And we stop doing sin in our lives. But we still feel condemnation because we want to do evil. Oh, that's good, guys. That's good. And we beat ourselves up over that. And we think we're... We're corrupted and we're not able to make salvation. You're not. But God, all things are possible. But your sinful nature will always want to do evil. It's not that you're lost if you feel the desire to do something wrong. It's your job as a Christian to work against it. Not to feed into it. Work against it. But don't feel like that's abnormal to have these desires. These desires are are given as long as we're walking in this flesh. One day it's not going to be that way. It's not going to be that way. Right. Yeah. Not only does... Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Always acknowledge it. Always acknowledge it. If I wake up every day and I'm hateful and angry, I, I may not be able to help that, 
but I'm never going to say it's okay. Honey, you should just, you should put up with me choking you every morning when I wake up. I can't help it. It's my angry flesh. No, my, my, yes, my flesh is going to be angry. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to get up every morning and I'm going to give myself a treat to break that habit. I'm, yeah, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm, I'm going to have a, a big donut sitting there waiting for me so I can be happy when I start. That's how we work around these things. The kingdom of God is like a small seed that goes planted and grows into a big tree. It's not a one-time thing. It's not, a, it's not just a quick fix. It is a process of growing. And guess what? The Bible tells us that we can put our faith in God that he will continue the work he started off in us to completion. Dude, I want you to teach a whole Bible study. We talked about next week. Yeah, we next week I'm teaching Wednesday at our church, so he said he wanted to give uh talk to you guys about a revelation that God gave him. But I'm really especially hearing how, how free he is today. I'm really wanting, I've got something going on next week. I'd love to have him get up here and talk with you guys. So I'll, I'll be here. I'll help. We'll tag team it. We'll tag team it. But we'll, 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 we need to do that because God does, God calls all of us. Guess what guys? It ain't Dan Tackett up here talking. Let me tell you what, Dan Tackett's not all that great. I know him. Because not only, not only is our evil nature want to do evil, listen to this, not only does it want to do evil, it wants to do just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. That's what it says right here. Not only does it want to do evil, but it wants to do the opposite of what God's calling us to do. That's why it is miraculous every time we do the right thing. That's powerful. We want to beat up on ourselves every time we do the wrong thing. If we're going to beat up on ourselves every time we do the wrong thing, we should really be celebrating the things that we do that are right. Because if the devil can make me feel like crap because I flicked off a guy that cut me off on the expressway, which I didn't do, so don't worry, guys. I wasn't confessing. I'm actually, I don't get a lot of road rage, but... That, that, if I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get mad about that when I do something bad, how much more should I celebrate? How much more should Brandon celebrate when he's at the church painting the church, making it look nice for Easter? How much more should? That's not even in his nature. He had to break his nature to do that. How much more should Chris celebrate when he created T-shirts for God? That's not in his nature. That's not in our nature. But we literally just defied logic. We defied our own nature to do something amazing for God. We don't act like that's the greatest thing ever. We act like the one time we did what our nature wanted us to do, that we were terrible. And I'm not making light of sin, guys. Don't get me wrong. Sin is what caused my God to get nailed to a cross. Sin is awful. Sin is terrible. But he paid for it. He already paid for it. And what they did to him was so terrible that how can I look at what you're doing in your life and go, that's too bad? God changes what? Because we understand it's against how, what? 
I'm going to show you. By understanding, it's against your nature to do it, right? So it was God who gave you this desire and the ability to pull it off. So when we're celebrating the good things that we've done in our life, we're not celebrating it from a point of, like for me in instance, I'll use me just like you should be using yourself. I'm teaching this Bible study. I'm not, oh, wow, I'm proud that, I, that I'm doing this by my own will. I'm like, God, I'm proud that you're using me. How amazing, God. Thank you for giving me the strength. Thank you for giving me the anointing. Because I would not be able to do this. But I'm praising you for even the good thing. And that's what's good about it. I'm praising you for even the good things that I do. Because I know I can't do it. And that's how you do it, Brandon. You should be thinking, God, God, you know what? Thank you for giving me the ability to focus on your church, to care about your will. You are the one who gave me that power. I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I would have I would have stayed at home in bed. You know what I'm saying? I would have I would have sat up and done something different. But you blessed me, God. So when we're man, that's why Paul says if we're going to boast, we boast in the Lord. When we're boasting, we're boasting about what God's done in our life. Hey, it's not, hey, that's why I boast about what God's done. I tell people, man, we had a Bible study. We filled this place. If they're too dumb to realize that I'm really bragging about Jesus, that ain't on me. But I'm not bragging on what I've done because I understand it ain't me who did it. It was always God. He put the desire, he put the strength, and he put the ability to achieve what he's called us to do. So now, here we go again. If we're not allowed to take credit when we do something good, why are we allowed to take credit when we do something bad? Why can't I be like Paul who says, you know what? It isn't me doing that sin. It's my sinful flesh that's doing it. I don't even want to do it. It was my flesh that did it. We can't, we, we, we're, we're like, oh no, when I do something good, it's not me, it was God who did it. But when I did something bad, now that was me. <laughs> I chose that one. No, that's why the Holy, that's why the Bible talks about the circumcision. What was the circumcision about? You think God was just punishing males? No, I don't think. He, guess what? If he didn't like the way it was designed, he could have made it different. Let's be honest. Couldn't he have made it different? But it was an example. And what is that example? I'm doing a study on this, so I'm, 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 I'm breaking into it a little bit here. But I'm, I'm going to do a big study on what circumcision really represents. But we do hear a little bit, I think it's in Colossians, where he says Christ still performs the circumcision in our life today by cutting away the flesh. That's what it was always about. God has his sword, which is like a scalpel. He can reach into your spirit and separate bone from marrow, spirit from flesh. He can separate your soul from your dirty flesh. So the sins that you're committing are affecting your flesh, but they're not affecting your soul because that belongs to God. That's powerful, guys. Now, again, we want to grow a tree of faith. I don't want to grow a tree of sin. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to work on sinning in my life. We don't walk in sin. We don't practice sin in our lives. We cut that stuff out and we grow the good. And the more we're growing the good and we're cutting out the bad, the more we're becoming like Christ. Eventually, when we die, we'll be like him. 
So let's keep going here. And the Spirit gives us desires that are are opposite our sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your... Wow. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Holy moly. Did you hear what he just said? Holy moly. That's fire, guys. He said, oh, I got I to gotta read it all in order. The sinful nature wants to do evil, and which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So... If we're focusing on this, this is a battle. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You can't focus on that fight. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. Man. You know what he's saying here? If you're trying to stop sinning and you're trying to walk by the Spirit, you're going to create such a battle in your life that you can't do anything good. So because God did away with the law, stop worrying about not sinning and allow yourself to have one goal, to be led by the Spirit. Gosh, that is good, guys. That is good stuff right there. For when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these it's funny how people always say there's not sins in the bible that's a pretty good list right there i think it covers everything even wild parties we better watch out because i like to party so <laughs> even my christian parties can get a little wild <laughs> i gotta watch it <laughs> don't reason let me tell you again as i have before anyone living Anyone living this life will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. If you're living for those things, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. If that's what you're worrying about, you're never going to stop it, and you're, not gonna, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But here we go. Now we're going to get to the heart of it, guys. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. These are the seeds that the Holy Spirit's sowing in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Patience, having short patience, it means you're not, you don't have the right soil. We've got to make sure these things are what. So again, we're about to wrap it up, guys. I'm getting towards the end. Boys, give me one more minute here. It's hitting you? 
Yeah, that's good, guys. These are not the things that we're supposed to produce. It's not my job to give myself more patience. It's my job to make sure my soil's ready to grow the seeds. I've got to make sure my soil's right. But God is the one. The Holy Spirit's going to give us love, joy, peace. We, have, we need peace in our, guess what, guys? Man, we, none of this is going to grow if our hearts aren't right. You're not going to be loving if you don't get your heart right. You're not going to have joy in your life. God could give you a million dollars, and if you don't have a good heart, it's not gonna, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to have peace in your life if your heart's not right. You're going to have chaos and corruption, and, and you're never going to have a minute's rest. Yes. You're not going to have patience. You're going to be short-wicked. You're going to be ready to snap if your heart isn't right. Kindness, goodness, yes. Faithfulness. You're not going to be faithful if our hearts aren't right. You're going to give up. You're going to get offended. Oh, yeah, you know what? The pastor the pastor wore red shoes this week. I can't believe it. I'm done. That's it. I'm going to a new church. Yeah, guess what? Your heart's not right. And you're not, you're not going to be faithful with a bad heart. You should get your heart worked out. Gentleness. I need help on that one. Oh, I'm kicking people out of the church right here. <laughs> <laughs> and self-control oh because now we want to talk about this too because we will find ourselves in condemnation when we keep tripping over the same sin over and over and over and over and we're like how can't how come i can't get away from that sin guess what we need to get our hearts right because if my heart is right sin will be easy gentleness they say gentleness in this version it's meekness and yeah meekness is like being low humble quiet contrite <laughs> self-control Trini. self-control <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that come from our heart. I never, I never even, guys, this is something the Holy Ghost just taught me. I didn't realize that in order for me to produce good self-control, I've got to have a good heart. I never realized that. I thought, you know, I, I could just control everything. No, we got to have the right heart to control these things. These, for these things, there is no law against these things, guys. That's what it says here. There's no law against these things. It's not that you have to do these things. You should want to. You're not going to go to hell if you can't. But you should want to. God can save you if you believe and follow him. You should want to grow these things big in your life. 30, 40, 60%. Yes. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That was a scripture quote. We were getting to it. Since we are living by the Spirit, 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Not just one area. Let us become, don't let us become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This should follow every area of our life. Guys, this shouldn't just be in one area. When we go to work, it's okay, I'm at work now. No, we should be practicing these fruit at our work. I had to fight that this week again. It would help if God didn't make me work with every person who's lacking intelligence. But <laughs> I've got to practice self-control. I've got to work them fruit out. And you know what? This is so true. It's all about my heart. It really is all about my heart. If I go into work and my heart's in the right place, I, everybody there knows. They can feel that I love them. They know I'm in the right place. If my heart's not in the right place, it's done. I'm going to be sinful. I'm going to let my nature shine. So this last scripture real quick, I'm going to read here. Because all of this is, everything I've read today too, if you guys pay attention, it's all been saying this is the kingdom of God. This is how the kingdom of God should be. This is how the kingdom of God should be. So listen to this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovers hidden in a field. And again, this is Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 44. I didn't realize Matthew 13 had so much power packed in that little chapter. But the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovers hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again. So listen to this, guys. Last point. He finds a treasure. He hides it. So a man finds a treasure hidden in a field. He hides it again in his excitement. And then he goes and he sells everything he owns so he has enough money to go back and buy the field. He goes and he sells everything he owns so he'll have enough money that he can buy it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovers a pearl of great value, he sells everything he owns and he buys it. We should be selling out everything that we are to buy into this kingdom. It is the most important thing. Nothing is more important than understanding and growing in God. We have to do that. We've got to, we've, knowing how important this is like that, sell out everything in your life, pay attention to your soil. Nothing, nothing's more important than your soil. I don't care what the devil promises us about money, wealth, fame, all this stuff. Nothing's more important than our soil. Because guess what? Out of everything in this world, everybody's still looking for love, peace, joy, happiness, gentleness. That's what the world's really after. They're really trying to produce those fruit in their life. They think they can spend a million dollars and buy some fake happiness. It doesn't grow fake. Yep. Yep. In the meantime, they're miserable because they're not really letting the fruit grow. The first thing God did when he put man on earth is he told them to be fruitful and multiply. 
We were told to be multiplying from the beginning. Be fruitful. We've got the only thing we can do to grow fruit in our life. We can't put our own seeds in. We can't, we can't, we didn't create the word. We didn't create the sun. All we can do is make sure our hearts are in the right place. Keep our hearts pure. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Don't get distracted on the world. Don't get caught up in condemnation doesn't come from God. Don't get caught up in condemnation. Get caught up doing good things for God. Because that's what's really going to produce soil. That's important, guys. You know what? And again, I, I know it's hard because, you know, when, when you start hearing people talk about, oh, you know, don't focus on your sin. You're like, oh, man, that's, that, that person's not. Yes. You know, I, I, I used to put it this way back a long time ago when I taught Bible studies. I don't have to worry. It's hard for me to not do the things that I know are going to bug my wife. I do it accidentally. I don't have to even try. I can just be me, and it will annoy her at some point. Some point, she's going to be like, Dan, you know what I'm saying? And even when I'm trying my best not to make my wife mad, I still end up messing up. And that's exactly how we feel like when we're serving God. But if I focus on showing her that I love her, she gets it when I mess up. And it's the same thing with God. Not that I'm saying, again, the devil can twist my words and make it look very awful. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm not focusing on the bad. I'm not focusing on the law. He did away with the law. I can focus on doing good for him. He'll take care of the bad. The more time I can occupy myself in doing things for God and focusing on him, the more he can take out the bad stuff out of my life and the less I have to worry about trying to be perfect. It's more about just pleasing God and living in his spirit. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to work up the fields in our heart, God, that we'll get the stones out, God. We'll get the thorns out, God. We'll produce a good heart, God, that's open and ready for the seeds that the Holy Spirit wants to sow in our lives, God. That we'll continue to grow these these fruit, Lord, to be a big tree of faith in our life that we can stand against, Lord. Something that can provide us with shade and comfort in our life, God. That we can stand firm knowing that we've been growing a garden for you, God. That what we do in our life will please you, God. And that we can feel your love and acceptance, God. We worship you, God. We thank you for everything. We thank you for planting the seeds in our life that you know we need. We worship you and praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.